Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to today's episode, episode 68. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, with my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, what's up, buddy? How's the week coming along for you? Man, it's been a good week over here in the great state of Texas. Um, you know, got some family in for the weekend, and so hanging out with them. Got to hang out with, you know, Josh, last week we read a review from a really, really enlightened and smart listener, and uh, actually got to meet that listener this week and had lunch with him, had a great time, and so, uh, you know, I mean, you know, his review was stunningly smart, um, and so, you know, I mean, it, I was impressed at how smart he was in the review. And in person, if you remember, Josh, his, his his review started off by saying Ryan is a great host, and so you know that's all you need to know about a guy like that. And so, uh, yeah, it's been a good week. What well, did you did uh, did he heed my advice and uh, start spelling lessons? I mean, if you spell Josh <laughs> I-A-N, you're just you're just way off. Man. You know, it's funny he didn't even bring you up. It was really it was good because usually it's like where's Josh? What's Josh doing? Where's where's Josh at? It's good to see the Ryan fans are coming out of the woodworks. Well, well, Ryan, you, know, you mentioned uh, meeting with uh, meeting with him. We had another review that came in from Reed the Farmer, uh, five star review. Really appreciate the review. He uh, he actually said he likes the news and info about the industry. Once we get past all the small talk and announcements, so uh, Reed, uh, we appreciate you tuning into the show and uh, just just, hope, hit, just uh, hit that fast forward button. Just hit that thirty second forward a few times and get get right on past it. But we do do appreciate that, Reed. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Uh, Ryan, I think, is this week the week we announced the winner for the gift yeah, card, or is that next yeah, week? Yeah, Josh, but you're cutting the people off. We have another review in. We have another review from Horns78209, who says, This is my favorite medium and show for receiving information about the energy business in Texas. Ryan and Josh are both very knowledgeable and well-informed. They also pl- play very well off each other, while some publica- publications can bog down with technical details that only engineers, geologists, and other experts can understand. Ryan and Josh know how to speak on broad terms to keep everyone in the industry up to date. They also provide links and other great resources so the listeners can deep dive, or dive deeper rather, into other topics of their choice if they did more podcasts. Yeah, if they did more podcasting, it was possible. I would have given it a six-star Thanks for the great hard work, y'all. Well, thank you, uh, Horns Horn Seven Eight Two Zero Nine. We appreciate that, and he made it in under the deadline. You are right, Josh. We did have our drawing, and I used randomresult.com. So randomresult.com, and what I did, Josh, is we have twenty-four counting Horn Seven Eight Two Zero Nine reviews uh, in iTunes, and I went to randomresult.com and I put in numbers one through twenty-four, and hit draw, and number eleven came up and on my screen and so if your screen's different i can't help you but on my screen that is asteroid 84 asteroid 84 who left a review on april 7th 2018 been in upstream petroleum for 10 years listen to this on my commute i like the texas focus and great and guest appearances running jokes are still working keep up the good work so asteroid 84 Ryan at globalenergymedia.com. Send me an email, and we'll get you hooked up with a $50 Visa gift card. Thank you for everyone who entered. And guess what, Josh? It went so well. Let's do it another month. So another month, we'll go, and we'll say, we'll run it to Labor Day. How about that? So around the show before, the show after, somewhere around Labor Day, we'll we'll run it till then. So another 50 bones on the line. 
Everyone that entered is back to being entered again, um, except for Asteroid, because you won, sir or uh, lady. And so they will be removed from the drawing, but everyone else is in for another 50 bones, because it went really well, Josh. It went really well. And so uh, we have now 52 total ratings, 48 five-star, and two four-star. So thank you to everyone who's done it, and keep it up, and you have a chance to win 50 bucks. Yeah, man, it's it's been uh, it's been great seeing all the reviews come in. I'm, I'm tempted to uh, <laughs> to throw out the the randomizers, give it to Horn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, well, that was a great review. Appreciate it. You know that that review hasn't showed up on my end, so I don't have access to the back end to see these reviews. So it hasn't actually published on my side yet, Ryan. Oh well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like we said, we talk about these deadlines. It does take. So if you leave a review. Um, you know, it does take sometimes a day or two to get through the system, so just keep that in mind. If we don't read your review on the show, it's not because we're skipping it, it's just because for whatever reason it hadn't appeared. I can tell you this, Josh, it's really weird to do some small talk here that uh, when I hit publish on the podcast on the iPhone, it shows up within two or three minutes. But if you go to your computer on iTunes, it takes hours and hours for it to show up. It's really weird. So, iTunes has its own deal that's outside of our control and um and we can't help it you know i don't know they don't they don't tell us much but who does tell us a lot josh that is drilling info they're in the news all of the time doing big deals big announcements and you can get a hundred dollars by starting your account today by going to globalenergymedia.com slash courthouse that's globalenergymedia.com slash courthouse 100 free bones right there i know we got a story about drilling info coming up in a minute and uh, we thank them for sponsoring the show and partnering with the show josh also don't forget next week is the desk and Derek club of fort worth clay shoot um you can find out more information by emailing ryan at globalenergymedia.com or you're looking up the desk and Derek uh, club in fort worth and talking to the one and only landon morgan I, I don't know i might be there i might not i haven't decided yet i talked to landon yesterday he's asking if i was coming i haven't decided but if you're going to be there let me know ryan at globalenergymedia.com and if i do make it up to decatur i would be happy to sit down have coffee or talk bad about josh whatever you want to do <laughs> Well, Ryan, you mentioned drilling info. We have, uh, you know, we mentioned they've been in the news. They were recently acquired by a pretty large company. But some of their research has indicated that there's going to be about $50 billion in deals where people are going to be getting rid of smaller assets, trying to centralize all of their assets in one or two key locations. Kind of uh, what, what they call it is getting rid of selling off on core assets. So we expect to have a busy year with deals happening, uh, companies acquiring these, small companies trying to make moves. Uh, it's going to be going to be exciting, I believe, Ryan. Looking at uh, looking at the report from Julie Info and uh, what they're anticipating for the rest of the year. Yeah, it sounds like they listen to this podcast regularly. I mean, that's kind of some of the stuff that we've said on here before. Obviously, um, you know, I think. Um, Josh, when you look at this, there's a couple things that we need to look for, and this this isn't this year, but maybe years moving forward. So first off, we've kind of talked about this idea that some companies won't be able to make it, and we we've seen that some. Um, we don't know if that's how long that lasts. If it, you know, if companies can make it through this year, will they recover, or will we see that even into next year? So you have that. 
The other thing is, is I think we talked about it on this show. I know I've talked about it on other shows for sure. Is that you have this idea where show producers are, are still trying to figure out exactly how they want to make their money. How do they do this? How they handle the ups and downs? Um, you know, the, the, the show revolution for us it seems like it's old hat, but as far as the financial system goes, if you go back and look to it, look at it, when the Barnett was going, when the Haynesville was going, you know, we had some huge upticks in gas prices and then a crash, um, and the gas prices never recovered. Now, with oil, we had a huge uptick, and then we seem like we've recovered. We've recovered better than natural gas has, obviously. Um, but you kind of go through that, and within a decade's time period, it makes it very interesting on how you're going to handle um, your budget, your planning, how you're going to try to make money. So one of the things that I've thought for a while is is that you're going to see these large companies like uh, ExxonMobil who can run uh, all three phases of the game. They can drill it, they can pipe it, and they can uh, refine it. They have a strategic advantage over someone like Ryan and Josh, a uh, petroleum company who's only can drill. Because, you know, if we can't get a good deal on our um, on our acreage or we can't get access to pipelines, you know, we're really contingent on a lot of things. It makes it harder for us. And so the fact that you're, you're talking about $50 billion in new deals doesn't surprise me. And I think the question here, Josh, is going to be, who buys these $50 Because if it's if it's these big companies like an Exxon or someone like that who can kind of do all the phases of the game, you know, that wouldn't surprise me. What would surprise me it would be is if a small producer goes in there and buys it because that means um, you're going to find a company who's buying acreage who we have already feel isn't as good as some of the other acreage. But on top of that, they know they're going into a risky proposition to start off with. And so I like following those types of things just to see how they play out. Well, Ryan, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some of the, um, some of the, the anticipation for different technologies to be utilized with some of these companies. You know, you mentioned some of them going in and out of business. I wonder just uh, how efficient uh, some of these companies are going to become, especially as I guess uh, someone's going to be put under the crunch with, uh, cost going up, demand uh, in, in these areas where I think a lot of people are going to be trying to hone in their their focus. And I think it's going to cause prices, not oil prices specifically, but some of the cost, uh, operation costs to start increasing. Um, so the, the margins, I think, are going to get smaller uh, over the next six months. I mean, is that would that be something you would think, Ryan? Yeah, well, yeah. So we, we got to be careful here because we're talking about the Texas oil and gas industry. So we're talking about the, the you know the upstream versus the midstream or the downstream. Those are all have different different cycles. Um, I think the thing, Josh, that, that's important to kind of what you're saying is, you know, a lot of people we've talked we've talked about this on the show. This idea we want the price to get to a hundred. We really want the price to be stable. And and right now we want it to be stable more than ever because we're talking about um, you know, the service side of the industry is trying to figure out exactly how much demand there are for skilled labor for, for labor, skilled labor, um, you know, blue collar, white collar jobs, whatever. We're trying to figure out how much demand is there going to be. Um, the price obviously dictates that. Um, well, the more demand and the less the supply, the more that the service companies are gonna charge, obviously. The, the oil and gas companies, which means that, as you mentioned, the, the, you know, it, it can affect the margins. Um, so I think right now we're in a spot where we really want to see, you know, two to three years, if possible, where, where prices stay in this kind of 
55 to 70 range. I know it's a big I know it's a big number swing, but it's a number that everyone knows they can make money in. It's not going from, you know, 40 to 60 uh, or 45 to uh, or 40 to 55. You know, that's kind of that's the same number. That's the same spread, but it's a different level. Um, as long as it stays in, in a range where everybody can make money, I think that will help the industry a be able to figure out how many people do we need right now because you're hearing crazy stories out there. Um, you know, I think we may have mentioned on the show, I don't know, but, you know, someone's telling me the other day about uh, truckers. And right now in, in, in uh, Permian, you know, they're, they're making between 80 to 100K for trucking, and they're getting a sign-on bonus. And the sign-on bonus says that you got to stay for six months. And so what happens is these truckers are getting a job for six months, and then after six months, then another company picks them up with a sign-on bonus for a little bit more money, and they go there. And then six months later, the same the, the first company comes back around and picks them up. You know, And so they're just – the turnovers because everyone's trying to figure out how many people do we need. Um, so, yeah, the, the service costs will rise. Obviously, the acreage is going to continue to rise as the demand goes up, which affects prices as well. The best thing for the market right now long-term would be to – have stable prices that would flush out the companies who are hoping that prices go up. They've kind of hedged. They, they've kind of hedged their bets, so to speak, um, inappropriately. The other thing it would do is it would let the service companies figure out, okay, this is the workforce we need. This is the rates that we should charge this workforce. Then that allows the that allows the producers to understand what the cost of the acreage is, what the cost of the service companies are. And then all of a sudden you can figure out, okay, this is what it's going to take to operate these businesses um, in a normal price environment. The up, down, up, down, that creates these spikes and these swings, and it makes the market kind of try to, uh, I don't say overreact, but constantly reacting to figure out what what's next. Um, so I hope, I hope that makes sense, but I think that's kind of where we're at to answer your question. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, think, I think it does, Ryan. And I'm just uh, with – with all that's going on, I, you know, I hate to bring politics into it, but uh, some things I'm interested in are, you know, the, the NATO summit they had and uh, some of the deals with Russia being a big uh, exporter of oil uh, and then being a big, you know, America imports a lot of oil from Russia. I just wonder how some of these relationships are going to shift the market. But, you know, that's something that you, you can never anticipate fully. So something that, that we'll definitely keep an eye on. Uh, you know, we have a special guest coming on, Ryan, uh, Ben Ritchie. We've been talking to him for a couple of months. He's kind of a uh, technology software guru in the oil and gas industry. And uh, we have several things we're going to be talking about with him. He's going to be jumping on really in the next few minutes. Uh, so we're looking forward to having him on um, here shortly. Yeah, it's good to have a guru on, Josh. It kind of brings the, the IQ level of the show up a few notches. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, well, Ryan, do we want to uh, go ahead and do the Texas Roundup before Ben comes on, or we want to just after he gets off? Um. Yeah. Let's go ahead and knock that out. Okay. Yeah. We got we got a few minutes left, and uh, there's really just one thing that came up this week, Ryan. Uh, this is just Business Wire, a Berkshire Hathaway company. Uh, they had Titan. They, they they announced that Titan launches an oil and gas production equipment business. They are going to be acquiring. Uh, Xterran, wasn't it? Yeah, it was X. I'm trying to see how to pronounce it. Xterran or Xterrain or something. It's called Xterrain. Uh, Titan uh, launches oil and gas production equipment business. They're going to be acquiring Xterran. Uh, so this company is something that's uh, is going to be growing. I'm sure they're going to be pulling on uh, some more some more folks. Yep. It's a massive 210,000 square foot 
Columbus, Texas production facility, one of the largest in the United States. So definitely something uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, might be some opportunities coming up with the company here, here yeah. in the next week, you know, yeah. year or so. Yep, and that is this for the listeners who aren't familiar. That's west of Houston in Columbus, as Josh mentioned. So if you're down in that area, um, definitely be something to look out for. Right, you know, I, I pulled up, uh, I pulled up the rig count a little earlier. Um, let's see, it was at eleven twenty-seven, eleven twenty-seven this week. Last week was eleven thirteen, so we added fourteen, uh, fourteen rigs this past week. That's that's one of the biggest jumps I've seen in about yeah. a couple been, months. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, maybe someone doing info if they're listening can email us in. I'd love to know. Uh, where those rigs are coming to, uh, or, or where those rigs are going, because you don't feel like right now, from everything we've heard, that you're going to be seeing rigs in the Permian. But um, I would love to see that. Maybe you had to put, check out the uh, the Baker Hughes breakdown or something to see where those rigs are actually going. The problem is the numbers between drilling info and uh, and uh, Baker Hughes are so different that it's really hard to kind of compare apples to apples. But yeah, no, I would love to know where those rigs came on the market from. Um, if they go in the Permian or if they went down the Eagleford or the Balkan or, you know, something like that, or maybe even, you know, something we talked about before, the Austin Chalk. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that would be, that would be fantastic information. Then, uh, Sergio, he goes in and pulls like drilling permits and stuff. Uh, but it's for a really right. small limited area, I believe. Yeah. He wouldn't be counting, you know, he wouldn't be tracking where the rigs are located, but you know, I, I meant to tell you, Josh, I got a, a note from a listener. I can't say their name, um, on the air. But we were talking about Pioneer um, the other day, and someone um, emailed in and said they have not sold all of their acreage in the Eagleford. So um, you know, we, we talked the other day about you know whether we, we, you know they're trying to sell their they were going to sell their acreage. We weren't sure if they, if they sold it all. But someone emailed in and said they have not sold it all in the Eagleford at least. So just just a quick note there. Thanks to the listener who sent that in. Hey, that's cool. That's cool. I'm glad uh, I didn't know about that. They're still holding on some of it. Then they're not, they're not ready to get rid of get rid of all of it. They're probably looking at some of the squeeze coming. Do you think it's just? <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't say uh, you know what the reasoning was necessarily. Um, but um, but yeah, it could be that, or it could just be they haven't found a buyer for it. You know, it may not be very good acreage. I I really don't know. But he did he did email me, and I, I do appreciate that because you know it's hard to track all these moving parts. But uh, folks on the ground have the best insight in the world, and uh, you know he just said they hadn't sold it. So we'll. Uh, We'll definitely see now if they're going to sell it or not. Well, we have a special guest coming on the show today, Mr. Ben Ritchie. He is the director of Software. Ben, glad to have you on the show today, man. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. Love the the podcast. Happy to be talking to you guys today. Well, it, yeah, it's good to have you on. I think we met uh, via Twitter uh, a few months back, and so it's good to kind of sit down and have you on the show and uh yeah, you know, it's always interesting the various people that we find that listen to the show, so we we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, for for what I do, you know, out out talking to customers, you guys give me you know a really great kind of primer on the the things that I expect my customers to be talking about. So uh, you know, and do it in a fun way. So glad to be on. Well, Ben, uh, about a month or so ago, we had some uh, some articles that you sent over. Uh, one was Digital Solutions Optimized Operations. This was an American Oil and Gas Reporter uh, article that came out. And we, we actually had a review from one of our listeners. He, he wrote a review, and he wanted an update kind of on how technology was being used in the industry. So uh, what are some of these digital solutions that are optimizing operations? How are they optimizing it? Is it creating more margin? Um, and what, what's your take on some of that? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think what's really changing the way that uh, that I see our customers working, you know, in terms of these digital transformational tools are really providing ways for, you know, even the, the smaller operators to really leverage technology to improve, um, you know, their operations, you know, in, in the industry, it's obviously a very forward thinking and uh, technologically advanced um, industry. When you think about all the technology that goes down the hole into the well and planning uh, out a well, right. But really, you know, taking those um, digital technologies, whether that's the cloud or uh, machine automation or machine learning and leveraging those to, to actually improve the day-to-day operations of the entire company, right? That's, uh, you know, what's really making a difference. And, you know, it used to be that only the very largest companies really were, were leveraging, you know, uh, technology in that way to optimize, say, the back office as an example. But now with, you know, the availability of cloud computing and these next generation technologies at a really affordable price point for the smaller operators, you know, we're seeing that change the way everybody works. It's, uh, it's definitely a game changer in terms of letting the little guys really take advantage of technology the same way the big guys do. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, this kind of big guy, little guy mentality, because Pioneer, uh, we talked about on the show a couple, a couple weeks ago, Pioneer CEO come out and said, hey, pipeline capacity of the Permian is going to be filling up. And, and I said, you know, for a company like Pioneer, this wasn't breaking news for them because they obviously have, you know, a team full of people. They have software like this. Um, they, they can run the math. They can figure out what's going on. Hess, all these other big companies can. Um, but as far as cloud computing Give us some examples maybe of where smaller producers can kind of close the gap in ways that our listeners wouldn't be aware of. We get a lot of emails, uh, Ben, just got to be more specific, that says, hey, we want to hear about this new technology. And, you know, we've kind of compared it to, on this show before, going from the Razor to the iPhone. We've already gone from the Razor to the iPhone. Now we're going from iPhone to iPhone to iPhone. But if you could kind of walk us through maybe something now that a small Permian producer or Eagleford producer, some technology they might have access to that's kind of changed how they look at a drilling program um, right. uh, or any, anything like that. Yeah, sure. So, you know, uh, some of what we're doing with our customers uh, leveraging that cloud technology, right, is taking, you know, things that used to be captured, say, manually out in the field, you know, on a on a paper run ticket and putting that, you know, in the cloud and combining that data with machine captured data, right, from a SCADA device that's sitting out, you know, on, on a well site um, and being able to combine all of that information into one place in the cloud so that you've got a single source of truth throughout the organization. So you think about, you know, the level of efficiency that you can get, you know, if you're, you know, a well operator or a pumper out there, you know, in the field and being able to see, you know, a whole lot of richer context around what it is that's going on, being able to see historical readings, whether those are captured by a device that's sitting out there, you know, on the pad site, or whether that's something that, you know, you, you, physically entered or manually entered, you know, over, over a period of time, you can start to see, you know, real trends and identify anomalies, you know, as you are actually, uh, you know, sitting there with a smart device uh, out in the field. And so, you know, it's really transforming the way uh, that people work. Yeah, and one more follow-up on this before we move to the next topic was, um, I was talking to someone a while back about big data 
And they said that, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's two problems we have with this kind of, and I think they call it something else now, but we'll call it big data. Um, there's, there's kind of two problems we have with the industry with big data. One is converting these kind of manual historical documents, as you mentioned, that were paper, handwritten, jotted down, or, you know, even mainly entered into a spreadsheet. You know, getting that data mm-hmm. converted into something more um, to, to run through these new programs. So you had that problem. But the other problem you, you didn't mention directly, but indirectly there is that if you go to, you know, Ryan and Josh's petroleum company, it's very small. We have a limited number of data sets. But if you were to bring in Ryan and Josh with, you know, Conical Phillips or Pioneer, well, all of a sudden now you have a lot more test cases and a lot more scenarios. So kind of a two-part question is, one, are companies finding this, this getting this data, this old historical data problematic up to standard? And two, are you seeing companies willing to share their information because they understand the long-term benefits of having more test case examples? Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I think you're right. You know, we, we've seen a variety of approaches, you know, to that um, legacy data problem, right? So, uh, in fact, we, we've been working um, with... Uh, some augmented intelligence uh, or AI technology actually to take paper lease records and compare them to what's captured in, in the quorum land system. So, you know, in the upstream space, kind of our most established product is a a land and lease management solution. Um, You know, that you can manage um, your, your leases uh, and lease records in, but being able to take, you know, historical data that's, that's really sitting in a file cabinet somewhere uh, paper information, scan it in, compare what you're seeing from a uh, OCR or machine reading standpoint against what's physically captured in the database and be able to evaluate the quality of that data, right? Um, and so, you know, you're, you're right. There's, there's this whole challenge of taking that manually entered information and digitizing it. So part of that is taking historical information that's still relevant, like the case of lease records. And then the other is taking things that's being entered on, you know, say a sheet of paper um, and then sent back to the home office and actually getting that digitally captured up front. You know, it, on the land side, it's, you know, getting a tool into the hand of your broker who's out there acquiring leases for you so that they're, you know, digitally capturing that, scanning it in with a camera, and then matching that back up to a database on the back end so you can clean and analyze that data sooner in the process versus, you know, a big stack of, of paper. And then on the, you know, volumetric accounting side, being able to take something that's, you know, off of a paper ticket and capturing it in, in real time electronically is really transformational. And then to your second question around data sharing, you know, we see um, – actually out in the marketplace, kind of quite a few companies that are out there providing these kind of data clearing houses. So, you know, on the upstream accounting side of the world, it's, it's companies uh, like Oildex who have a product CDEX that allows folks to share electronically revenue checks uh, between each other. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Red Dog Systems has a product called uh, JibLink, which is fairly popular for sharing JIB data electronically. And of course, you know, y'all y'all sponsor um, bringing together, you know, that uh, that digital lease record information or the digital courthouse data uh, that's coming in, you know, um, that uh, that folks can can use to kind of see publicly available data. So there's more and more of an appetite in the industry for those kind of common data sets to be shared in between companies. Um, and from a quorum standpoint, you know, we're we're building adapters to be able to leverage that so that people can push revenue check data out the door 
into CDEX so that it can be consumed by other companies and vice versa to be able to suck that data into the accounting system. That's very interesting. You know, I, one of the things I was concerned about is with some of that sharing, a lot of companies, their their sites are so short term, um, they don't want to share their data because it's help smaller companies make more money and so on. Uh, so it's good to see some of that data being shared because over, you know, over a longer period, their their profit margins are definitely increased because they're going to be able to capitalize on that data sharing as well. And uh, Ben, you have a, there's an article I want to talk with you about, EPMAG. Uh, you sent this one over and uh, this one actually references some of the technology at Quorum. Um, and it talks about the well life cycle reporting in the digital age. Uh, well life cycle yeah. reporting. We, we've, we've covered some of that in, uh, to some degree, but I don't think we've ever went through the technology side of it to see kind of how that works and how those, uh, how that, how those data sets are reported and stored. Uh, so what, what is Quorum uh, doing specifically with the well life cycle reporting? Yeah, so you know, what, what Quorum is doing for well life cycle reporting is really, um, you know, providing a, a tool for, you know, when you're, when you're actively out there drilling to capture all your daily drilling activity electronically, providing a, a, a digital view of, of that, uh, that well bore. Uh, so you can see kind of as things are happening, um, what's actually being captured uh, from a day-to-day operation standpoint is completely in the cloud. So, you know, there's not a need for some sort of massive infrastructure spend to support that. And critically, we've got the ability to carry, to uh, relate those those committed costs to the costs that are actually happening in the field to what you plan for an AFE standpoint in a real-time basis, right? So you can literally see um, the data that, that you need to be able to drive decisions on the activity that's happening uh, out on the rig and marry that back to plan. Um, you know, really that, that process used to be several months, uh, you know, behind the actual activity in the case of what we're now able to do with the cloud technology and marrying all that data together. You know, you're seeing on a daily basis, your drilling uh, reports and being able to marry the actuals to, to the plan. So um, it's definitely a change in the way that folks operate. And being able to have that, you know, from a technology standpoint, supported in in really a, a web-based application that's supported by a cloud-based backend, it means it's a really low cost to get up and running. Even if you're only uh, operating one or two rigs, you can really achieve um, some big savings by uh, leveraging those those newer technologies. You don't have these massive startup costs to be able to use a tool. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned in this article, or is mentioned in this article at least, is that y'all track water usage. We've talked on the show two or three times now about water, especially in the Permian, um, some of the conversations sure. that are going on out there. Uh, so you guys are obviously tracking this data from the standpoint of a well log, but can we talk maybe a little bit more uh, about the broader scope of what you're hearing about water, because this is an area that you guys are working with. It, well, not directly in water, yeah. but in, in the tracking at least. In the, in the tracking and providing technology tools to help people manage that resource um, smarter, you know, if you think about the difference between, you know, the way we were drilling wells 20 years ago versus, you know, the way we do it today with, uh, you know, these multiple frack jobs and just, you know, um, massive quantities of water uh, that are going down the, the hole to produce these unconventional wells, you know, that, that water has become, you know, um, a much more critical resource for everybody uh, that's out there operating. And so, um, you know, it's definitely 
an emerging um, set of technologies for us to be able to track and manage um, water. But, uh, you know, we're, we're actually leveraging the same technology that we use for um, hydrocarbon accounting and tracking the stuff coming out of the well to keep track of what's going into the well from an operational standpoint. And then uh, also tracking um, the costs and the activity as it's happening in that well lifecycle reporting tool. So you can actually see, you know, what, what your water expense looks like, where the sources are, um, and managing it uh, from, from that standpoint as well. But I think that there's a tremendous opportunity um, for folks to, to really even take this one step further and for folks to be able to collaborate and manage those, those multiple sources of water, um, even down to understanding, you know, is that, is it a municipal water supply? Is this, you know, reuse water? What's the quality of the water? Um, you know, we're, we're working with a, a few customers right now um, to really try and define better tools uh, that are more common and supported, uh, you know, by, by a software vendor um, to really manage uh, that entire process. Um, most of what I see today uh, are pretty crude um, technologies that people are using, even, you know, using uh, Excel spreadsheets or access databases to keep track of these things. And, uh, you know, I think it's a, a place where we'll continue to see evolution in terms of what our customers are doing to manage those processes. Yeah, and before you hopped on, Josh and I were talking about um, kind of this this rising cost in the Permian and, you know, how they get through stuff mm-hmm. out. And one of the things we said was, you know, if the price would level off, then it would give people the ability, especially on where I'm at, which is a, a service company. Um, I'm selling, um, you know, man, man hours, if you will. Um, you know, we understand mm-hmm. how, what, what's the market going to demand from us. Because right now it's like, okay, we need more people. You know, truck drivers are into more demand. Just specifically in the water there, that's a very effective because water is a source right now that there's a lot of discussion. And as you mentioned a minute ago, if you go from a month or two months to figuring out what kind of water usage and other things that you're tracking to within, you know, basically real-time data, that can help companies yeah. understand what their costs are going to be. And these producers really need to understand what their costs are going to be. It's going to be critical, especially if the prices become volatile again. But we don't we don't think that's going to happen. But I know we're up against the clock here, so a couple quick things before we get out of here. One thing is you sent me an article on Twitter this week, um, and we'll tie this into your company. Um, you said from the Wall Street Journal talking about um, there's new types of jobs in the industry. Some of the older jobs are going away. We talked about this before on the show. I talked to you the first time on the phone. We brought this up, and that is that there's different jobs, new jobs that are coming up. I know at Quorum you guys have uh, this isn't a, a recruiting tool per se, but you guys have some of these new jobs. So why don't you tell us exactly what all you guys do, and just kind of some of these new jobs that that weren't around 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, absolutely. You know uh, that that article is pretty interesting, right? Because it you know it talked a little bit about you know some of the some of the jobs in the field that are actually being replaced by automation. And I, I think, you know, just like so many other industries, right, we're seeing um, the kind of work that's available and the kind of uh, roles that are out there really evolving over time, um, really from, uh, you know, maybe some lower paying jobs to much more uh, high paying jobs too, right? So really changing the nature of the work that's out there. So, you know, here at Quorum, uh, we work with customers um, doing a lot of uh, data work, data analytics work. We have uh, on-staff uh, data scientists. We're actually continuing to grow uh, the set of services that, that we offer in, in that area as well. But we also see our customers, you know, really staffing up in, in uh, these 
um, next generation uh, roles. You know, you, you go out and look at some of the things that, uh, say, ExxonMobil is hiring for today and where they're trying to find talent. And those job listings read like Google job listings. You know, they're looking for uh, cloud architects and, uh, you know, data scientists. Um, and it's, you know, I think going to become just like so many other industries, you know, there's um, there's going to be a lot of opportunity created by these new technologies. It's certainly be disruptive as you see, you know, a shift, um, you know, from more repetitive tasks to really, you know, uh, folks working with the automation tools and, uh, you know, like like I've heard other folks say, you know, if uh, if your job goes away and gets replaced by a robot, you might want to look into being the guy that changes the oil on the robot, right? But uh, right. it's definitely changing the dynamics. Well, and, and, you know, and, and to that point, that Wall Street Journal article had a picture of a drone. There were no drone jobs, what, five years ago, ten years ago for sure. You know, that's a very that's a, that's a new job. It's a different job. And then so you have someone that makes a drone, builds a drone, maintenance is a drone, software for the drone, and the same thing you guys are doing. Yep. Um, all this stuff, you talk about cloud stuff. That I mean, obviously, you got to be careful because you go, well, the cloud yep. stuff's been around for a while, but really it's pretty new still. It's on the cutting edge still. Um, and so you guys at Quora, you know, when I first – talk to you i reached out to someone at a big company and i said hey we know about these quorum guys they said they, they, they got some really really good stuff so it was great to have you on i know you sent three articles up over we'll link to those in the show notes um which is at quorumsoftware.com that's quorumsoftware.com um you can go there we'll link to these three articles sorry we just ran out of time here today can't get to those today but we will link to those in the show notes uh ben if they want to reach out to you they've got a question about what you guys do they want more information i know we got the website here is there where they can get you personally or somewhere that you'd want sure. to call how, how, how can people get in touch with you Yep. So, you know, if you want to know more about Quorum and the, and the things that we do, uh, you know, the website um, is, is a great place to go. If you just want to reach out to me, um, I'm at VinylQRitchie on uh, Twitter, um, reflecting my passion for uh, country music and, uh, and the Q for Quorum. So, um, but, uh, you know, absolutely would uh, be happy to talk to any, anybody that's uh, interested in what we're doing here at Quorum. Okay, well, Ben, it's been great to get you on, and uh, look, let's get you on here maybe in three or four months. Let's talk about third, fourth quarter stuff, because there's a lot going on right now. We were talking a minute ago about this report from uh, Drilling Info about getting rid of um, the non uh, companies, getting rid of non-core assets, and be sure we, me and Josh were talking about, you know, who's going to buy that, and then how are they going to use, how are they going to develop this? Is it going to be like an ExxonMobil who's got the ability to buy and sit on acreage for a while, um, because they can pipe it, they can refine it, and they can play the market differently? Or is it going to be a, sm a smaller producer who's maybe a little bit more risk adverse, and they're going to look at this as an opportunity where somewhere um, maybe like a pioneer says, ah, right now we're focusing on our tier one assets. So would love that after some of these deals go through, you guys come back on and kind of breaking down, you know, what 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 you guys are hearing in the field on um, on potential deals like that and why those deals might be more uh, appealing to one company than another. Sure, would love to talk to you guys. You know, I think the the one thing that's great about this industry is it's constantly changing and evolving. You know, I never heard the term Permian pinch until about three weeks ago, and now it seems to be uh, in almost every article. So mm -hmm. um, the dynamics certainly change all the time, and that's what makes life exciting, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we will get you back soon. Appreciate all right, it, thanks, guys. Thanks. Well, thanks again to Mr. Ben coming on the show today, the director of software. It was great having a technology mind on the show that was able to discuss some of those things. I mean, really interesting stuff, some of the things they're developing and, and using to help help uh, with aspects of the industry. So thanks again to Ben for coming on the show. 
And, uh, Ryan, I think that uh, about wraps us up for today. Yeah, and you know, Josh, one thing when we're talking to him, I thought we ought to consider doing like the Text Long Ass podcast like we do here, kind of a news and notes, and then maybe like a sit-down interview where you sit down with a company like Quorum and you know, you learn just because there's so much, and we didn't we had three more articles that we wanted to get to with him, we didn't have a chance to, but there's just so much. Ready to sit down for an hour or two hours or even three hours and really kind of go through what they do, um, you know, really pin them down, you know, not 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 super technical because we, we try not to be super technical on the show, but you know, hey, let's talk about this water thing. What are you guys seeing? You because you, you, there's a lot of, there with the water stuff, or we didn't get the sand, or I, I don't know if they track the sand usage or not. I'm sure they do, but there's just so much with companies like that um, that we could probably spend more time developing stuff like that. So if, if that's something of interest to you guys, Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com, let me know. I know we've had a lot of people who have asked to come on the show, but if you guys would like to hear, and, and, and listen, I don't want to make it a sales pitch. It's not a sales pitch. All, the requirement to come on the show is you have to talk about the industry, and I thought Ben did a great job with that. But if you'd like for us to find companies and sit down and hear more deep dive into the industry, Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com, we might consider doing that. I just thought about that when we were talking to him because there's so much we could have got into. And, um, yep. you know, we just – I had oh my, oh, yeah. I had tons of questions. You know, one of the things, like, he was tra- tracking the water. I was wondering – what are they doing to track the water? Are they tracking like transport? Are they tracking how it's used? Are they tracking in the wells? Right. To, yeah. Yeah. To what level? What? Yeah, that's right. To yeah. What level? How how deep does it? You know how how far along the process? And then the question from there is is who is tracking it? You know, can you take this data and use it with someone else? So. Um, someone like Sharewater, who is, you know, tracking where you can buy the water at. So are they linking up with someone like that? So there's there's just questions and questions and questions. And as he mentioned, it's changing all the time. So Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com, send me an email because um, there's lots of companies out there we can sit down and, again, try to keep it 30,000 foot, but go through and ask questions. And, uh, and hey, you know, you could just skip those if you didn't like them and just listen to this show. And, uh, but anyways, just a thought I had, Josh, and uh, we could maybe even – you know, dub it something different. But anyways, um, all right, Josh. Well, I think that's it. We did everything else. All we got is our sponsor and our event, which is the Desk and Derek Club Clay Shoot in Decatur, Texas, which is next week, uh, 720. So I might be there. If you're going to be there, let me know. Ryan at GlobalEngineMe.com. That's Ryan at GlobalEngineMe.com. If you want information or questions, you can email me, or you can look up the Desk and Derek Club at, in Fort Worth and look up my man, Landon Morgan. He is the best organizer in the business. Be sure to be there. And our sponsor, which, hey, Ben gave a shout-out to the sponsor. you got to thank him for that, which is, of course, Drilling Info, uh, GlobalEngineMe.com slash courthouse. That's GlobalEnergyMedia.com slash courthouse to get your free 100 bones starting today. Uh, and, hey, thanks again to our winner, Asteroid. And uh, I don't have the actual the back end of what those numbers are, but there's only one Asteroid, I believe. So, uh, <laughs> thanks to the winner. Email me, right at GlobalEngineMe.com. We'll get you hooked up with that $50 Visa gift card. Um, and, Josh, we probably set a timetable on this because this, this podcast lasts for, you know, the show will be out here for years. So, I'll say you have until, we'll give you one month. So, that would be... August tenth. Well, I mean, we'll have an th- episode on thirteenth, so we'll say yeah. uh, we'll say August tenth. That would be the second Friday of uh, August. So August tenth. If we haven't heard from you, August tenth, we'll draw another winner. But in the meantime, leave a five star review. Tell Josh how bad he sucks and how how Ryan how awesome he is, and you will be entered <laughs> to win another fifty dollars for my man, my best friend Josh Shelton. This is Ryan Ray saying, keep climbing. <laughs> Thank you.